Hey there, everybody. I'm Bo. And I'm Jamie. And this is the only podcast that I am personally aware of that dares to ask the question, Hey, Jamie, what you watching? <laughs> um, and for good reason. I don't know how many people actually want to know the answer to that question. I, uh, But for those who do, mm-hmm. uh, I've been doing a lot of lately uh, rewatches and some old stuff. But I did actually find... Uh, I did actually do a couple of new things. And one of those, did you ever see the movie Outpost with, uh, it has Ray Stevenson and, um, oh. Is this the zombie Nazi bunker thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. I saw it for one of the summer series things. Okay. Yeah. uh, So I always liked that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. Well, I was at Second and Charles. We went there, I don't know, like a month back or something. And occasionally we'll just go there and peruse the used shelves just to see if there's anything that's missing. Most of the time, not. I, we pretty much have everything that that's there. And, it's, and we leave empty-handed and it's sad. Well, <laughs> while we were there, uh-huh. I found a movie called Outpost Black Sun. Uh-huh. And I read the back and I'm like, is this a sequel to Outpost? And if it is, how have I never heard of it? But, and I showed it to Brian and he's like, uh, I don't know. It doesn't look like it'd be all that good. And I'm like, uh, I'm going to go for it, you know, because it was just a few bucks. And I'm, I'm like, if it's bad, it's bad, but it could be a hidden gem. Mm-hmm. Well, turns out it was. I, Actually, it had a really good time with this movie. It is a continuation of the first film. And it goes into a lot of goofy territory, territory at times. Not goofy bad, but um, like they kind, he kind of, and it's the same guy who made it. Turns out he actually made a trilogy. And the third film is very hard to find, but I did find it on YouTube and we haven't watched it yet. But... Uh, like the third film is just available nowhere, but yeah. I, but it is on YouTube. So that's good. I do want to watch it, but it's <laughs> by the time it starts out um, very similar to the first one in a lot of ways. But then by the time you get to the end, it is just like balls to the wall. Like it is crazy pants, but I thought like in all the best ways, like I had such a good time with it and I am excited to actually see the trilogy because Brian didn't, love the second one but everything i've read about it people say that they prefer the third one over the second one even and so i'm like super excited um and it's it's the same idea and but rather than taking place in this bunker the whole film is some people trying to get to the bunker because they're trying to stop what the you know the machine that was created that uh, that causes these, you know, Nazi soldiers to come back or, or be here. Um, they're, so they're actually trying to trek to that during the war. Uh, so there's all this shit going on and uh, to destroy this machine and stop this from happening because the Nazi hordes are unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's the worst is, kind of Nazi horde. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, uh, it, it by the time you get to the end and you see the machine and how it works and what's going on and, and I don't want to spoil it because I really do think people should if you like the first one 
I, I do recommend this one quite a bit because I just think it's a whole lot of fun. But you get to the end and you're like, whoa, you know, because the first one was very, uh, I mean, I want, you know, I want to say grounded, even though we're talking about, you know, dead Nazi soldiers coming back to life yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. being realistic killing yeah. machines. Yeah. Um, but by the time you get to the end of this movie, any bit of a groundedness is just out the window and you're yeah. like, whoa, but it's fun. I had such a good time with it. So if you like the first one, I, I would say, uh, like I said, I don't know about the third one yet, but I think the second one is totally worth a watch. And I love the fact that this guy took this little movie and made a whole trilogy. Like that just makes me happy. So, um, so yeah, that was fun. And was it, it was a totally, I had no idea it even existed. Mm -hmm. uh, it just sort of fell into my lap. And that was, that was great. I feel like I have, like, I haven't seen a lot of the Outpost uh, uh, movies. I've only seen the first one. I feel like, hold on, I'm opening up my Plex as we're talking. Because I feel like I've got at least one or two of those. Um. Outpost, Rise of the Spetsnots. That's There's, the third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got it. Oh, wow. So I've got Outpost Black Sun. I've got all three, and I've only ever watched the first. So maybe oh, I'll do that. Oh, holy crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. So Rise of the Spetsnots. Uh, we discover the horrifying origins of these supernatural soldiers and see them in ferocious gladiatorial battle against the most ruthless and notorious of all military special forces, the yes. Russian Spetsnots. So I wonder if it's like a Dead Snow 2 Red versus Dead kind of thing. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, you know, who knows. But uh, yeah, so I've got all three of these. I may I may fire those up. Uh, the Anyway, God bless my Plex. Um, yeah, okay. So I got a movie, Jamie. And uh, I'm not going to bury the lead. I saw Renfield. Oh, I was supposed to go see that yesterday and I just didn't feel like leaving the house. <laughs> I No, so. I get it. I get it. I saw it yesterday. Like, here's my move, Jamie. Um, I don't know why I'm using your name. Like, <laughs> there are other people on the call. Um, I but, like it. It makes me feel important. Well, th good. Uh, <laughs> because you are. And the so I, I'm one of those weirdos. Here's what I like. I got that uh, Regal Unlimited deal. So you can just go see a movie whenever. And yeah. I like an early morning movie. I like, yes. like I get up early, I do a handful of things. And then I'm like, you know, as a reward for waking up and doing some lesson planning and shit like that, I'm going to go be one of those weirdos that shows up to watch Renfield at 10 o'clock in the morning. I do that too. Yeah. I love it. And, uh, so that's what I did. I saw Renfield 10 o'clock in the morning. And, um, here's what I will say about Renfield. Nicholas Cage is incredible in it. He his Dracula is so good. Um, mm -hmm. It is it, it is very. Th there is an emotional depth, or not even emotional depth. It is a, a vampire who knows how to emotionally manipulate people, and and that's kind of the relationship that he has with Renfield, as is kind of suggested by the trailers of you know him being in this codependent group meeting. Right. But it it really is. Nicolas Cage, you know, turning the emotional screws on Renfield to keep him loyal. 
and and it's this like a metaphor for toxic relationships where you know dracula will say things like i'm the only one who loves you there is nobody else that you know finds you to be important and necessary so like your struggles to get free of me why on earth would you do that when i'm the only person that cares about you and it it like that part of it is really really good um the other stuff around the movie like the the uh nicholas holt is good in it and it's gory in a way I didn't expect it to be, but it was really delighted by. Like it, it you know, there's some CGI gore that I'm like, eh, this is not great, you know. But it's, you know, <laughs> it's the world we live in. I've um, seen a couple of gore clips that actually made me like laugh out loud in, in a good way. Like, yeah. you know, the bit where they're falling, or like he's, I don't know if he jumps off of a of a of a like a railing but then grabs this guy as he's going down and and then just blood just sprays everywhere and i was just like oh my god like i'm so excited (laughs) right i wish i wish that were a little more practical because the the cgi-ness of it is very evident but it's 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 really gory like unashamedly gory which i appreciate you know there are several moments where you see people just having their you know guts ripped out oh yeah and and that's fun um yeah i mean i it's better than average mostly because of how good nicholas cage is in it mm-hmm. and um i saw an interview with him where he talked about sort of his inspiration for the character wait or, was this the stephen colbert interview yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. i was gonna tell you that i watched that and because he, he mentioned mrs robinson from the graduate which that is so awesome <laughs> that it's, you would look to something like that. Yeah. And, and the Christopher Lee thing is really on display. Um, that's really fun. And it's good. Like, he's very, very good in it. it. It's a nice reminder when when you forget that, like, oh, Nicolas Cage isn't just this campy actor. Nic- Nicolas Cage is a great actor. Mm-hmm. He just chooses to, like, he just takes big swings. And, but he and I love that he does take it seriously. And he, I mean, even though he is doing some really goofy shit at times, he you can tell that he takes the craft seriously. And he is a huge movie fan just in general, mm-hmm. and that comes across too. And uh, I, I just I love that he's so thoughtful about his performances. And you could look at something like Willie's Wonderland and be like, okay, but no, I mean, I guarantee you, he put thought into everything he did, <laughs> even, even with that role. Yeah. That, the, the thing. Yeah. I, I totally agree. The, like, I don't know that I've ever seen Nicholas Cage phone in a performance. I may not have liked every performance I've seen him give, but he's never phoned it in. You know, uh, some, some of those things I like more than others. Um, but you know, he, like I said, he takes big swings and I, I'm so much more interested in a performer that's taken big swings and misses than a performer that just is going to be low key or checked out or, you know, whatever. Like I, he's, he's very good in this role and I really, really, I loved that. If I didn't love the movie, I loved him in the movie. And um, that that scene, actually, the the clip that they showed on Colbert, uh, actually, 
lets that scene where he comes into the uh, the group therapy session breathe a little bit. And that little waggle of the eyebrows he gives uh, in that scene, I think is just wonderfully funny. Um, it's it like, you know, is it a great movie? No, but it's an interesting movie. And I would much rather that than, um, you know, like something that feels just half-baked. Like the people who made this movie cared. And I don't know that it totally comes together. I find the Nicholas Holt stuff a little one note. I, I found the Aquafina subplot um, a little one note as well. And, you know, that stuff wasn't my favorite. But it's, you know, every time Nicholas Cage is, is on screen, I was absolutely delighted. And I'll I'll take that, um, you know, a, a good Dracula performance. I, he mentioned the Langella Dracula in that interview, and mm-hmm. there's a hint of that. And I was like, oh, anytime that you can, you know, bring in a little Frank Langella Dracula, I'm a I'm a happy guy. That is one of my favorite Draculas ever. I love him so much in that movie. Brian always makes fun of me because I just he's just like, oh Lord. And I'm like, no, I yeah. love him. I love him so much. It, it's one of the like sexier yes. performances of Dracula. And and which that's why it's kind of frustrating that nobody pays attention to it that much it's like no 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 this is like low-key one of the best draculas even yes. though the movie itself is imperfect let's say yeah um but the the dracula performance is terrific and what i love is that you look at frank jella frank jella frank langella in uh, later roles more more recent roles and you i you'd be hard pressed to convince me that's the same guy <laughs> yeah if I didn't know it, you know, like it's just, oh, I, I, I love, I love it so much. One of so <laughs> one of my favorite things is, uh, speaking of uh, Frank Jella, which if he dated himself, that would be his dating name. Um, <laughs> it like the movie Dave, where he he plays a completely different kind of character, but just as evil. Where he's, uh, you know, manipulating Kevin Klein into pretending to be the president and all. But there's that moment where he says, I'm going to kill him. And I can't remember who the other actor is. But he says, you can't kill him. uh, He says, sure I can. He's just a normal person. I can kill a normal person. And I love that sentiment of like, oh, yeah, like he's not he's not one of the elite like us. So I can just kill him all willy nilly like. Uh, but he's great. He like I love him as a villain. Uh, even in that stupid Masters of the Universe movie, which is not good. Um, oh, but, I always forget he did that. Yeah, but he's he's great <laughs> in it. You know, no, he, he is. He, he is. It, it's sort of like when Raul Julia showed up in that yes, Street Fighter uh, movie. Street Fighter, yeah. Where it's like this movie is not good, but good lord in heaven. Langella is giving it his all. I think he did it for the same reason that uh, Raul Julia did. I feel, I want to say that I've heard him say that he took that role because his kids were fans of the, of He-Man. And that's why he did it. Whereas like Raul Julia only did it because his kids are big Street Fighter fans and they begged him to. So, um, 
<laughs> Which, yeah, I, love, I mean, great. When you can get really great actors to do things that you wouldn't expect really great actors to do, and it's they have their own personal reasons for getting on board with it. Yeah, I, I it wasn't that long ago that I saw that Street Fighter movie, and um, man, uh, uh, Raul Julia is so good in that. There, he has that great line. Like again, the movie is garbage. It's it's a terrible movie, but uh, there's that scene where the the woman um, is it Cammy in the movie? Anyway, yeah, yeah. where where she talks about how like Raul Julia when he was younger, like came to uh, her village and destroyed it and killed her father. And she has been on this quest for vengeance ever since. And he says, um, for you, that day was the day that changed your life forever. And when the day that bison graced your village was the most important day of your life for me, for me, it was Tuesday. Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. Damn, that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but again, it's a garbage movie, but it's almost worth it for a moment like that. It is. It's so fun. Um, anyway, all right. But that's Renfield. Uh, you know, it, if you can see it at a matinee, that's where I'd recommend it. I would definitely say watch it if you're if you're a fan of of Dracular films. Um, then it's it, like Nicolas Cage is is genuinely one of the great Dracula performances. I highly, highly recommend it for on that Yay. level. Um, the rest of it, eh, it's fine. Um, but that and the gore, some of the gore is very fun. And, and like I laughed several times. It's it it has its moments. I I don't want to take anything away from it, but also, you know, let's let's be real. The real <laughs> the real winner in all of this is uh. Um, is is Cage? Who? Good Lord, man, he is so good in it. Anyway, uh, what else you been watching? Okay, this is going to make you happy. Oh, so for our show that's about to come out, um, we in season three we kind of we have abandoned the alphabet thing because we were we kept running into letters that we have no more choices for. <laughs> right. So, your, your X's and Y's and Z or X's yeah. and Z's in particular are probably pretty tough. Yes. Yeah. So we're like, well, shit, what do we do now? So what we decided to do and season three is called bust and loose. It is the son of the ABCs of hidden horror. And mm-hmm. as you know, teenage boys are kind of hard to deal with. They do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So um, we are for every episode. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. That snuck up on me. This cannot be allowed to stand. (laughs) For every episode, we take turns just throwing out a theme. Uh, Like uh, for St. Patrick's Day, uh, the theme I put out was... um, uh, Was Irish films. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I didn't have to think too far out of the box for that. But uh, so this one was Brian's choice. And he chose chainsaws. Mm. Well, um... I chose pieces, which irritated him because that's a movie he was going to pick. But the rule is that whoever, whoever, whose turn it is to pick the theme, the other person gets first choice. And we kind of spring it on each other in the show. So you just have to, you know, you think about it right then. And so I was like, pieces. And he's just like, God damn it. I just knew you were going to go, you know, basic bitch and go Texas Chainsaw. And I'm like, well, one no, that's, I would never do that. But also we just did a Texas Chainsaw retro for Patreon. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I chose pieces. So he then to be a smart ass 
chose Evil Dead 2. Oh, sure, sure. You're one and, of your favorite movies. Yeah, uh, exactly. I... But I have to say, I watched it, and this is the highest score I've ever given it. I enjoyed it more than I ever have, and I actually like the movie. What what changed? What what do you think happened? I don't know. I have no idea. I maybe it was that I was um like really paying attention. What won me over was a lot of Sam Raimi's choices as far as shots. Like mm-hmm. there are some really good looking shots in that film. Mm-hmm. And just his filming his film style is part of the reason that I got one over. I'm still not a big fan of the recap in the beginning. I, um, kind of funny. We watched a react where there's a couple reaction channels that we watch. And there's mm-hmm. one that we watched last night and they were reacting to evil dead two. And they had just recently done evil dead one. And they were so confused <laughs> going into the movie. They were just like, wait, what, wait, who is this? wait, what's happening? Where's everybody else? Like they were so confused. And so, and I told Brian, I'm like, see, like that's, it just, if they had just picked it up where the last one ended, I would have been fine with that. And he's like, yeah, but then, you know, back in the eighties and I'm like, but 18, 1918, 1987, you didn't have to do that. Like there are people had the ability to watch the first film before going into the second one. And I'm like, I just, that still bothers me. I just and I understand why they did it, and I understand that it was just it was it's a very brief portion of the film. Like you don't you only spend a few minutes in that flashback time, and then you you know continue to move forward. So what I was able to do was just in my head chop off that beginning, mm-hmm. <laughs> replace it with the first film in my head, mm-hmm. and then uh, keep going from the moment that it you know rushes out to him in the cabin, and he ends up in the water face down, you know, all demony. And so because I like made a, a concerted effort to do that, then I was a little bit more forgiving of that part. Uh, another thing I never really cared about was the, I don't really care for the character, the new characters that were brought in, but I did, uh, what I was able to do with that is I was able to just enjoy the gore that was going on and, I do. I've always liked Henrietta. I always thought that was kind of cool. So sure, sure, sure. Um, I, I just, you know, I was a little more forgiving with it and like allowed myself to just re- like kind of relax and get into it and not be so picky about the fact that it goes. And my biggest main issue with it has always been the tones, the tonal switch between the first one and the second one. And it just was so jarring to me because I have always found evil the the Evil Dead to be. Uh, like legitimately scary and that that it felt like that's what he was trying to do and even though the budget is limited i felt like he was successful and then in the second one it just is crazy pants just balls to the wall and i i didn't like that because i enjoy the scariness of the first one and so i was always irritated that it was so much more comical but I still don't like that, but I was much more acceptable to it this time. So I ended up, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did actually enjoy it. And, um, same week we watched night of the demons, same thing. I mean, so maybe I'm, cause I've never, I've always liked the beginning and the end of that movie, but the middle of it always lost me. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
this time I was able to just kind of sail through and enjoy it more than I ever have before. So I don't know, maybe it's just that I'm getting older. I don't know. I mean, maybe my sensibilities are changing or I'm uh, just not taking things so to heart. I, I don't know what it is, but I have found myself going back. And I even told him, I'm like, I think I'm ready to watch Aliens again. <laughs> I, I like that it's like this dramatic moment of like like sitting down at the kitchen table i need to talk to you about something <laughs> i know that this, yeah. we we've we've been through a lot together this you know the, i i think finally it's time for aliens yeah, and, but I did. T- I did tell him as long as it's not the director's cut. <laughs> I, you know, I um, prefer the. Uh, do I prefer it? I like the director's cut. I don't know that I. I prefer it, but I like it. There are things I do like. I like the fact that they. I like the whole daughter thing. You know that we find out that she had a daughter and and her daughter now has died. Mm-hmm. You know because she's been away for so long. And that's a nice heartbreaking little moment that kind of gives you. Uh, gives that character a little more pathos, not that she really needed anymore after what she'd been through, but it, I, I do like that, but I just feel like overall the director's cut is very self-indulgent and I'm not a huge Cameron fan. So mm. that kind of, I'm very, I'm very, there are like three films of his that I really love and then everything else, I just don't care. So, um, uh, yeah, but I am ready. I think. I, I think that I'm at a point where I I want to watch it again, reappraise it, and I think I could probably land on a more positive side. You know, I also don't like Newt. I I just don't like that character. So, <laughs> um, that is the grace you know. I have come to with age. Is that I I I started off not liking Newt at all, and now I'm like, ah, Newt's fine. It's not great. Uh, she is not a great character, but. I get it, and I like more than more than anything. I just understand the purpose she serves in the movie, and I can appreciate more like Newt in theory than in practice. You know what I mean? Well, that is one instance in which I think that that bit in the director's cut actually helps because you knowing that, <coughs> God damn it, <coughs> knowing that about Ripley, kind of uh, it it give it makes it more meaningful mm-hmm. that she has taken Newt under her wing and, you know, kind of sworn to protect her. It also makes it that much more sad that when you get to the third film, you find out that, you know, she died off screen. But um, that, yeah, that that's one of those real like bullshit moments of like, what do you died off screen? What in the, <laughs> like that, like the, the surrogate child was critical you know, in a lot of ways, like that's, that was the, the heart of her character in aliens. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, uh, she fucking died. Don't worry about it. I know it's horrible. Yeah. It's, it's real dumb. But here's the thing. I, I actually like alien three. <laughs> like I, I, I yeah, you I know. like it more than I think a lot of people do. But uh, but it's it's real messy. But I see like the the fincherness of it. Um. Yes. And and I like that. I I like the fact that there is this like 
you know, <laughs> almost a Fincherian element, but, uh, but you know, that, that it's got, um, there, there's a, a style to it. It, it feels like its own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and much like aliens, like I, I think that's the, the upside of aliens is that it feels like it, it does not feel like alien. It, you know, it feels like you're trying to do something different with it. And however successful that is, you know, you can, you can debate, but it's not just a rehash of alien. And that's true. And I, you know, I can appreciate that. My issue with that one has always been kind of similar to my issue with evil dead. And that is just that the first one was so, uh, just, it's horrifying. It Mm -hmm. is legitimately scary and so well done and very simple. You know, it's just the one location and one creature and these, all these people trying to survive. And I, I love that about it. Mm -hmm. And then with the second one, it's so action heavy and just not scary at all. I don't, I just have never found it Uh, scary. Absolutely. Like it is a sci-fi action movie, not a horror movie. And And that, you know, to me was jarring because I love the first one so much. So Mm -hmm. it's very similar. It's just that in very similar to evil Dead, in that it just was the tonal shift from a film that I absolutely adore and think that it's legitimately scary. And this is in both cases to the sequel being not at all scary going in a very different direction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of like if you read a book by a favorite author and they've branched out and done something totally different and you're like, uh, (laughs) you know, um, but like I said, I, I think maybe it's just that I'm getting, maybe it is just that I'm getting older, you know, and I'm, just at a point where I'm reappraising things, you know? So I'm actually excited to watch aliens again. Cause the last time I watched it was several years ago and, uh, I just still didn't like it, but I, I don't know. I feel like I could right now. So I'm going to do that coming up. <laughs> I I'm so pleased at this idea of like, I think, I think I can do it. <laughs> I, I think the time has come. Uh, I've never wanted to be that person that, hey, I don't, I don't, I've never, I don't know. I've never liked the fact that I didn't like those movies that everybody else, every single other person in the horror community is enamored of. I, you know, I'm not trying to be cool or hip or different. I, I, I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to like them. I just have never been able to. And so now I'm finding that I can I'm, I want to tear through. I want to see what else that I not like and what else might I like now? Because my ultimate goal is to love everything. You, know, you have I, never sounded older. Than when I said hip? Yeah. <laughs> I knew it as soon as it left my mouth. I was like, oh my God, I sound so old right now. Daddy, daddy's hip. Daddy's cool. <laughs> durka, 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 durka. <laughs> that, that was the whole vibe of that, which I adore. Um. Uh, okay. Well, now that I've aged myself, uh, what's your next movie? All right, I'm gonna do like a, a quick threefer here. Um, but I rewatched. Uh, speaking of reevaluating, I rewatched all those new Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, oh yeah, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of yeah. the Planet of the Apes, War for the Planet of the Apes. And I watched them in like two days. I was just like, you know what? 
it's been a while since I, I visited these, and I remember liking them. And uh, so why not? And so I did. And I got to say, um, I really I, I enjoy all of them. Um, that second one, though, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, that's a terrific movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's my favorite of all of them. Yeah, like Rise is good, uh, and it, it certainly has, you know, pathos and everything. Like, you know, it, you will... It both... makes me cry, though, so, you know... Yeah, all the stuff in... Yeah, <laughs> all, all that stuff in, like, the primate habitat and whatnot with Brian Cox just rolling through and being like, just put the monkeys wherever. And, you know, being a real dick to to all the monkeys. Um, you know, look, I, I love monkeys. I don't, I don't want them harmed. And uh, so, yeah, th- that stuff is, is very emotional. And um, then, you know, like, uh, that movie is fine. And I like how it ends. And, you know, like, it, one of those movies where the CGI tends to work in, in the movie's favor mostly. Um, it's not always superb, but but generally mostly pretty works good. Mostly at night. Mostly. The monkeys make you cry mostly, <laughs> and so I. But I liked it, and then uh, watching Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, I was like, "Holy fuck! This movie is tremendous! Like it's Shakespearean uh, in a way that the first one is not. The first one's like a pretty good, you know, sci-fi action kind of movie, and um." Like, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is this, like, Shakespearean tale of fathers and sons and yeah, loyalty yeah. And, and that kind of thing. It was like, motherfucker, this movie's good. Um, and I and I think War is is, is good. Um, I think they're all good. War is fine. Um, but coming off of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, it's sort of like Godfather 2 to Godfather 3. Where you're like Godfather Three is a fine movie if Godfather and Godfather Two did not exist. Yes, and unfortunately they do. And unfortunately, War for the Planet of the Apes comes on the heels of Dawn of Planet of the Apes, and it just cannot live up to the glory of of that movie. I think it's good, um, but and I think the Woody Harrelson stuff, and and there is like some real tragedy in this. Like, oh, here's this disease that's going to make all the human beings stupid. And I like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at a certain point, you're like, well, you know, I, I appreciate I appreciate this movie uh, for it being a good conclusion to the trilogy. And I think it serves that function very well. Mm-hmm. But, man. You know, one of my favorite characters in that series is Kobo. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, his arc and his just, his, I don't know, he makes me so sad. Like, just everything about him. And even even when he becomes, uh, like, rage-filled and, you know, just, yeah. I mean, I it, it's like, I, I get it, you know? And I just, I feel bad for him. Like, I, I don't know. I really, I really like... I really, really like what they did with the characters. I mean, you could have easily have written off these movies as a special effects extravaganza. And, you know, the story could have been, meh, you know, mm-hmm. but they didn't. 
they they didn't and especially in the second one i feel like they put so much into the writing and development of these characters that it, it is way better than you would ever think it should be but you know yeah it's good stuff yeah yeah there there's definitely a a feeling of th- this is better than it almost has any right to be um but yeah it's yeah it's a real good movie uh, or the you know as a trilogy it's one of the better movie trilogies of the past what yeah for know, sure several years for sure um yeah it's it's quite good um what about you what else have uh have you been watching here Okay, so I kind of threw out a, a, com- a comparison to Dead Snow 2 earlier, just kind of off the cuff. And we recently, for the collection, we are in the D's still, mm-hmm. uh, and we uh, recently watched Dead Snow and Dead Snow 2. Dead Snow 2 being a film that I have not seen since it came out. I only watched it the one time, and I haven't watched it again. And it's not that I didn't like it. I liked it. I just haven't. But I remembered not liking it as much as the first one, but holy shit on this second watch, I have to say I was just blown away. It is so, there are so many great gory moments. It's gory as hell. Mm. There are so many just, they, this Herzog blows up a pram with a tank Mm. and the baby actually two of them and the babies just go flying you know, and it's fucking hilarious. There's another scene where three kids are playing in a sandbox tank, just rolls right over. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! And I just forgot how nuts it was. And I absolutely adore that film now. And that, like I said, I never didn't like it. I just my memory of it was that it wasn't as good as the first one. Well, then, so what that did was. Um, for the bump segment on the show that's about to come out, we actually did a director spotlight of of Tommy Wirkola. Mm-hmm. And it's just this guy, he has he has flown under the radar as far as he doesn't get mentioned in the same breath with directors like Flanagan or anything like that. But honestly, I've seen five of his films. A couple the only ones I haven't seen are the are his like early Norwegian films and they're kind of hard to find, but of all the films that I've had access to, uh, which include uh, dead snow, dead snow Two, the trip, um, violent night, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Hansel and Gretel, witch hunters. I love them all. Like I, I just, this guy is fucking solid. And Nobody ever talks about him. So we decided we were going to highlight him in a discussion. And that was really fun. But yeah, the, the takeaway from that is that, uh, is that watching those movies again, I was just like, God damn it. I know Dead Snow is, is one that I've seen a lot. Like I've seen that movie a lot. I've, I absolutely love Dead Snow. But now Dead Snow 2 uh, is right up there. And I am so excited. He has two movies in post-production right now. Um, one is called Spermageddon. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what the other one is called. But apparently he did in, um, as an, as before he got, like, I think his first feature-length film was Kill Bullio, um, the movie, which is 
appears to be his take on Kill Bill. Like the poster is even the same uh, or very similar. And it's all about revenge. And I've got to find this movie. I I need to find this movie. And I, uh, I just, I love this guy. You know, and now with Violent Night doing as well as it did, I really feel like, and he already had the one crossover film with Hansel and Gretel that, that got a theatrical release. But I really feel like since Violent Night did as well as it did, that uh, he's probably going to be, hopefully, handed more things. I just hope that he keeps his, uh, his love of violence <laughs> because... Mm-hmm. Um, he clearly has a love of violence and crazy ass gore and I am on board. So that was, that was really fun watching that again. Maybe you just have found, uh, like a love of movies that are sequels. Like you you just like part twos now. Maybe you've you've turned a corner and now part twos just can't get enough of them. (laughs) Give me more. Well, you know what? That's funny because yeah, the outpost was a part two mm-hmm. evil dead two uh I, dead snow too like dead, there, there's a theme dead here too and i talked about wanting to watch aliens again so yeah yeah, yeah you're right yeah oh and then D- dawn is my favorite planet of the apes so well that's not just, of all not yeah. of all time the original planet of the apes is always going to be my favorite planet of the apes because i just love the shit out of that movie <laughs> yeah like th- yes i agree i agree that that is a movie that has fallen victim i think to everybody kind of knows the the ending of it and and so people are like oh yeah yeah the you know you blew it all up you know um but it's like yeah but everything else about that movie is incredible too you know oh, yeah. that yeah. I right like the the you blew it all up is significant, but the, the all the other you stuff get to that point right right and so that it has an impact yeah know? and and the uh, getting to it is phenomenal yeah you know when you were a kid did those movies come on TV a lot oh like yeah, on yeah, yeah Saturdays or I mean I remember being a little little kid watching all day long watching Planet of the Apes movies because mm-hmm. they, they would just play the, all of them in a row. And I did that every time they came on. I was just like, oh, I got it. Like, I've always just been so in love with that series, even when it gets kind of goofy, mm-hmm. you know, when they, you know, go to the, they end up in the city in present day, like the, you know, the, when the apes come to the human earth and I, I just, or human timeline. Yeah. Um, I even like that part, but the original is just so incredible. And as much as I am not a huge fan of, well, okay. I'm not a fan at all of Jordan Heston's politics. Uh, I gotta say like he really <coughs> between, I'm so sorry. I think I'm having like allergies or something and something's tickling my throat, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like with, Planet of the Apes and uh, Soylent Green mm-hmm. and uh, Omega Man. Like, I just love all of those movies. And so, uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I got off on that. I don't know yeah, I, I mean, but, no, no, no. You're, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, all of those movies are great. And, right. I, I Even his, though with Omega Man, I still want to say, just make the book. Why can't we just make the book? Well, I still yeah. really enjoy that movie. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... It, Right, like you forget how good Charlton Heston is at 
you know, being just a, a an honest to goodness movie star. Um, and it, like there is that scene at the beginning of Planet of the Apes, and I've got the the box set that's got like all the original movies, and then the the new trilogy on in four K. Oh, we have that too. Yeah, it's a a great collection, and um, but they're in the the original movie. There's that moment where I, I might screw this line up, but it's it's when they crash land after they crash land, and all the other astronauts are still alive, and he's talking. Uh, to one of them about like everything you ever knew is dead now everybody that you ever loved is gone every even their children are dead now how's it taste and that how's it taste is one of the most like asshole things i've ever heard the hero of a movie say to another character it is wonderful well, uh, he is a bit of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that, but that's the thing. Like, but I like it. You know, I like that because that, that's real. You know, people are assholes. Yeah, and it, it's but also cr- heroes. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's crazy that that movie, um, like your hero of the film, the film that or the 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 person that you're following through that movie is kind of a jerk. You know, like Taylor is a bit of a dick through most of that movie. Um, yeah, and but but also is you know incredible uh an incredible performance um uh but yeah all right so uh dead snow 2 oh i know what i want to talk about real quick um speaking of reevaluating i watched the unrated extended director's cut whatever you want to call it of world war z Uh uh-huh and um i did not like that more than oh. the first time I saw <laughs> it. it. I thought you were going to give me another one that I could reappraise. Because I've only seen that one once. I saw it in the theater and I haven't seen it since. Here's the Cause thing. Because I, I didn't like it. <laughs> right, right. The first like 30, 45 minutes of it is totally fine. You know, and by totally fine, I mean pretty good. Um, Like the, the initial zombie stuff, like it, it's very different from the book. And that's a problem because the book is so damn good. And, yes. and and there's part of you that is forever going to ask the, it's that I am legend question of like, why yep. did you just not make, make the book? Right. The, the book is great. There's a reason that people have been making it for 30 years. Just make the book. Um, But World War Z, I still say that one of these days they're going to do a like, hbo extended series and it's going to be incredible um that is not this but the the fact that they've done like this is the fast zombies they you know the threat is that there are so many of them and that they're unrelenting and all of that um i don't i didn't mind that part of it as much i'd started to get cool with the idea that this is this ain't your daddy's world war z and so for the first few minutes uh and by first few like the first 30 45 minutes i was like maybe i do like this movie and i i just needed that space to allow myself to like it a little bit and uh and not judge it against the book uh solely but then the movie takes that turn where it just becomes this kind of like, hey, we're going to go from this place to this place uh, to try to, you know, solve the mystery of where the zombies came from and how can we find a cure. And 
it it just becomes less interesting. It it just repeats itself to a point that I I stop caring. And also the CGI, you know, it, the <laughs> The same thing that we always say, like CGI just does not age terribly well because it, it's in a constant state of improving. And because of that, it's difficult to, you know, really give it a, a fair day in court because it's just constantly, you know, like when you look at the CGI of World War Z now, it's just not as good as the CGI of, you know, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes or whatever, you know, Um so, you know, it, it, the zombies become less scary because they're just too cartoonish at, at, in a certain way. And it, it was just a bummer. It was a reminder that, like, yeah, I was probably right about this movie. That it's not it's not great. It's not, you know, it ain't the worst movie I've ever seen. But, boy, is it a disappointment because the source material is so good. And in exploring the history of it a little bit, like, there was a problem with that movie and in, you know, even as they were making it, like that was a movie that they were rewriting as they were shooting. And, you know, it's the old story of you, it's difficult to, uh, you know, build a plane while you're flying it kind of thing. And yeah, it's just, uh, that's a real disappointment of a movie and, and continues to be so, um, so, I, but I was in the mood for like a, a zombie movie that wasn't, you know, made for 30 bucks in somebody's backyard. And those, those are hard to come by these days, uh, unless you just want to go watch walking dead, which I did not want to do. <laughs> Cause that, that's its own set of problems. Well, shit. I was actually considering recently watching that movie again. And, um, I think, I think if you stop it at the point where they're going to go to Israel, I think that's where the movie loses its way because up till then it's like, okay, we've got to get to, uh, I forgot the, the first place they go, but anyway, that's the scene with David Morse as the CIA agent talking about how North Korea, uh, South Korea is where they go first. Uh, how North Korea solved their problem by um, basically um, plucking out the teeth of every man, woman, and child in North Korea. And and so you kind of defang the zombies in that way. And it, that it was such a North Korean thing to do. Right, but it was kind of an interesting idea. And like, uh, you know, uh, I, I can't remember exactly the way that David Morse phrases it, but it's something like, you know, it was the biggest, like, social engineering project the Earth has ever seen. And it worked. And, and, and like, it was an interesting moment in the movie. And then they go to Jerusalem, and that's just the point where it's like, everything's fine here. Oh, shit, zombies. Well, let's go this other place. Oh, everything's fine here. Oh, shit, zombies. And it just it becomes less interesting of a, of, of a film after that. But, um, you know, the, the front 30, 45 minutes, pretty good. Just uh, just not not so good after that. I just, I don't think I can get past the CGI hordes. It just bothers me so much because it looks so unnatural. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Um, a lot of that stuff, especially when you get to those Jerusalem scenes, I, I think that's when 
in particular, it starts to look real bad. Yeah. 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 Uh, what else you got? We got time okay. for a couple more here. <clears throat> Man, I've watched so many good things lately. I, I seriously, like last Friday, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. So I got up and decided to just watch a couple movies and I watched the original invasion of the body snatcher. Mm. And then followed that with my cousin Vinny. I don't know why, but it just kind of popped up on HBO. And I was like, all right, I'll watch that. I haven't seen it in a while. And then last night I watched Fright Night mm. um, just because. Uh, so, I mean, I've, I've had like a lot of good stuff, but I'm not going to talk about those. Oh, um, right. <laughs> I'm going to talk about this movie that um, is coming out on Arrow. Uh, Arrow was doing a release of it, and it's a slasher from 1999 called Lover's Lane. That I had never seen nor heard of. Mm -hmm. And it's not very good. But. (laughs) All right. The thing is. um, It has some interesting. Ideas like it. It it almost crested the hill. Like it tried. But it just kept rolling back down. And the idea is that. There was a murder. On lover's lane. And there's a little girl who is the sheriff's daughter and the sheriff shows up on scene with her in the car. I don't know why, but she's there. And it turns out that one of the people that got killed was her mother. And so because of that, um, and her mother and the guy that she was with. And so because of that, you know, he goes the rest of his life thinking his wife was having an affair on him and all of that. And then it picks up 13 years later to where the girl is in high school and she has her group of friends and they decide that they're going to go hang out on lover's lane and they get um, the, the killer at the same time has escaped from the mental institution where he's been all this time. And (laughs) So it's just, it's, you know, the escaped guy with a hook for a, he Mm -hmm. legitimately has a hook for a hand and uh, at one point even hooks it through the car door handle and uh, you're like, oh, they're going to get home. And then, you know, but they don't do that. But he, but you can tell they're playing with that idea. The problem, and, and there are actually, like I said, some really kind of fun moments about it. And in the beginning I was like, all right, yeah, I might, I might can get on board with this. Also, Anna Ferris, her first movie. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And she's playing uh, just a cheerleader, <laughs> you know, but <clears throat> she is one of the main core of Friends. The problem with it is that they don't do, like, she is a character who's new in town, so she doesn't really know anyone. And they make a point of telling you that, and then it means nothing. They don't do, it doesn't matter. Like, there's you didn't need to know that because that's all you know about her character. And then that's kind of all there is. And I'm like, what? Like, and it just, at at times it is very nonsensical. And then you get to the, and they make some really bizarre choices as characters. And then you get to the very end and the resolution is you're like fucking what? (laughs) Right. 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 This is the best thing is that this killer you have been shown multiple times like through the whole movie that his right hand is replaced by a hook and then at the end they do that whole thing where oh you know is he dead and they're i'm not really spoiling anything because it, oddly 
him being the killer isn't the complete resolution. There's a lot more to it than that. So if you do want to watch it, I'm not really ruining anything here, but you get to the end and he's like, uh, <clears throat> they do with that scene where the kid, <clears throat> where any survivors are being taken away from the scene, you know, the morning after scene that we mm-hmm. see at the end of a lot of movies. And then they, you know, often will do the sting where, oh, the killer is still alive, you know, like Kiefer Sutherland in phone book, uh, phone booth or something. And so you've got a person that you don't see in the driver's seat of this car that they put somebody in and they pour out a cup of coffee with a regular hand and it's their left hand. And then they go and they put the coffee cup back in the car and you're just looking at this from the outside of the car. So you don't see the person. All you see is the hand sticking out the door. They pour out the coffee. Then, you know, their hand goes back inside and then a hook (laughs) comes and closes the car door. And I'm like, so it's supposed to be like, Oh, you know, killer's still alive. And I'm like, but wait, what one, we just saw his real hand. And two, we know for a fact his right hand is the one that has the hook. So what just happened? <laughs> right, right, right. And it's clearly his left hand that's closing the car door. Because what kind of, what psycho would reach across themselves and lean out to close a car door with your right hand? Unless you just didn't have a left hand. But he yeah, did. His yeah, left yeah. hand is the good one. So I'm like, so clearly that was just for the audience. And it makes no sense at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, th- this is so we can have another movie, but it doesn't make any sense. Do you want another movie or not? No. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I know what you're saying. And then the answer to that is no, we don't want another one because it's just not good. And it, but it's one of those that is kind of frustrating because it was a nine it was from 99, which of course is post scream, but it had nudity. It had like all the things that you would expect from a more traditional 80s slasher, they weren't necessarily tripping over themselves and falling into those 90s slasher things, mm-hmm. tropes, you know. And it had some kernels of good ideas, but it got way too convoluted, way too... There's just so much stuff going on at the end, and it's filmed poorly, so it's dark. Yeah, and that's always good. That doesn't, that doesn't make it any easier. Yeah. But when you get to the resolution, you're just like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that's real frustrating. It's 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 just it's a fail and it kind of makes me sad because I feel like they could have done something good. But there's a reason that I've never heard about this movie. But if for anybody who is a slasher completist and really, you know, wants to check it out, it will be coming out on Arrow. I'm not sure when, but um we got a review disc for it. But um And Lover's Lane is the name of this? I don't think I've yeah. ever seen it either. No, I, I I didn't have a clue. And so I don't know if maybe it was direct-to-video. Oh, well, it clearly was direct-to-video when it came out. But it's just one of those frustrating movies where you're like, you know, you, you, you could have done something really good here, and yet they just kept stepping on rakes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that's funny. Um, all right. Uh, I'll tell you what. We're almost up on our hour but I, I feel like i'm a therapist your hour is almost up um but i want to mention one movie uh that we like before we recorded we were talking about uh my my 
you know, travails, uh, as a freshman English teacher. And, um, recently I went back and watched the movie teachers. Okay. Uh, do you know this movie? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. So it's from the like mid eighties. It's like 83, 84, um, directed by Arthur Hiller and it stars Nick Nolte and Joe Beth Williams and Judd Hirsch and Chris McGlover and Ralph Macchio. It's like, uh, Laura Dern, one of her early performances. It's kind of a murderer's row of, of really good, like character actors. And, um, I hadn't seen it in forever and I was kind of in the mood to watch something that was like legitimately a good, uh, reflection of like, uh, of what, what it's really like to be a teacher because like every, the, the go-to for almost everyone is like dead poet society, which right. is not really much of a representation of actual teaching you know like it's a, a very glamorized look at it and uh so i you know i wanted to do something that was uh a little more realistic as i recalled it and and sure enough when i watched it i was like oh yeah this is very much um a, at least more accurate not necessarily accurate but more accurate than uh what is is typically seen in movies in the sense that it is um you know dealing with uh you know uh, like the difficulties of of students that you know don't seem to care and and that kind of thing and and a teacher that's kind of burned out by it you know that's kind of Nolte's character in the movie is this guy who is like I don't know if it's worth it anymore and I'm certainly not, you know, not in that boat. I, I haven't been teaching that long to be that frustrated by it. But it is kind of fascinating um, to to see even back in the early 80s, you know, 40 years ago now, that a lot of that stuff was, you know, I mean, absolutely part of the conversation about education, even then, you know, a big part of the, uh, the movie is a lawsuit going on because this kid graduates and can't read. And so, you know, his, his parents are suing the school for graduating him without the ability to, you know, just basic literacy. And Nick Nolte at one point is like, this isn't about this kid or about his ability to read. This is somebody just trying to make a buck. You know, that's not what the, the, the point of this is, but it was like, you know, as a movie, it kind of has its flaws, but it, it's shockingly good for it being a 40 year old look at education. Like a lot of the stuff hasn't changed that much. Um, and also the guy who plays, uh, Dr. Chilton from silence of the lambs mm-hmm. plays the narcotics officer that's undercover in the school. And I I can't think of his name now, Anthony something, I think. But anyway, there's a great moment where Ralph Macchio, who is doing this like uh, photographic essay about what's wrong with the school, at one point is taking a picture of him and Crispin Glover is behind him holding up a sign uh, with an arrow pointing to him that just says NARC. That's quite funny. Uh, but yeah, it was a it, it was nice to go back to it because I wanted something that was a little bit more uh, uh, I, 
hesitate to say cynical, a little more realistic than, you know, Dead Poet Society or Dangerous Minds or something like that, where it, you know, it is sort of this glamorized view of teaching as opposed to, um, you know, the kind of shit you actually see. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and even though I love those movies, you're absolutely right. Uh, like, Dead Poet Society is, uh, is an all-time favorite of mine. Sure, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I love Dangerous Minds too, but it's yeah, they're not <laughs> they're not exactly uh I, I like a good litmus test for what it's like to be a teacher. You know, one of my favorite teachers in film is William Hurt in Children of a Lesser God. Mm, I yeah. I I really love his performance in that film and a lot of it has to deal with his, you know, relationship with Marley Matlin and all that. But there there are those bits where he is genuinely trying to teach these children and he keeps getting hamstrung by the administration who don't like his methods and don't think that, you know, they're, it's worth doing. But then, you know, of course it turns out that he, cause he has alternative methods for teaching deaf children mm. to speak. And it turns out it actually does work. And I just, he's always been one of my favorite cinematic teachers because I think he, he, is a teacher who wants to go outside the box and wants to genuinely help these kids. And you can feel it come across from William Hurt. Like I, I feel that from him. So I always like that. I always, I don't know what it is, but I really like movies about teachers in schools. Um, mm -hmm. Like even something like class of 1984. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I've always been drawn to movies like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I totally agree. I'm kind of uh, in the same boat. I, I I love movies about teachers so much, so I became one. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it's rare that you see one that that kind of goes beyond, um, you know, the the more glamorized view of it. Of like, you know, the how do I reach these kids? You know, that kind of stuff. Right. To no, here's what the day in and day out is like and you know, um it, it but it, it 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 was fun to go back to that movie in particular because it had been years and uh and see that like, oh yeah, it actually does have um some perspective still and and has a, a real sense of uh you know, not just like, look, I, I love Nick Nolte and Joe Beth Williams and just seeing them act is fun. But, you know, also that it it has something to say. And and that's nice. I like that. I like I like a movie that's got, you know, perspective. And I've actually watched does. that. Uh, it hasn't been too terribly long. I mean, when you get to my age within the last decade isn't too terribly long, mm -hmm. <laughs> as it turns out. Um, uh, but. Now I kind of want to see it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you've reminded me of it. But yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Solid movie. Um, and I, and also a nice reminder that Judd Hirsch is a, a pretty good actor in his own right. Um, you know, not that uh, it, it it is like you forget it with performances like independence day and independence stuff like that. Day, yeah. yeah. That it's like, Oh no, no. He's like, he was a good dramatic actor. Um, all right, well let's, let's wrap this up with a, a quick discussion of, uh, what are we going to be 
um, what are we going to be watching in the next month? And I'm just going to, we talked about it last month, but I'm going to mention it again, but like we're a week away from Evil Dead Rise coming out and that the reviews have been pretty compelling. Do you know right now at this moment, there are three horror films in my theater. And when's the last time that happened? Uh, what that are, is insane. What What are the movies? So Scream 6? Scream 6 is still there, obviously. Renfield just started. Yeah. And then there is a movie that just started that I have never heard of. I never saw a trailer for. I never saw a poster for. Nothing. I Nothing. And I just, the only reason I found out about it is because I went to the theater app to see, you know, showtimes because I wanted to go see Renfield this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's called Oregon Trail. Oh, Oregon. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Oregon, but Oregon. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. It, <laughs> and, kind of a horror western sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And so I watched a trailer for it. And the trailer doesn't give you really anything. Like, it's just it just comes across like a western. And then at the very end, there's like a bit where you can kind of see there may be maybe like a supernatural element although i'm not 100 percent sure because it doesn't really tell you anything mm-hmm. but i uh i i'm not sure but i think i might actually go see that just because i don't know anything about it it's clearly from the trailer a lower budget film but uh it was put out by paramount and i i, I don't know i i think i'm gonna try to check it out if just you... because i want to support you know low budget films i don't know <laughs> yeah if, if you see that let me know how it is because i i haven't heard anything about it other than it's coming out and yeah, so that's, that's the thing is is it got dropped with zero fanfare so obviously they don't have a lot of uh confidence i guess in it so <laughs> sure. maybe it's not good but i i don't know i'm it kind of has piqued my interest so that i still want to see renfield i'm so excited about evil dead rise and there is something else that is coming out. Like, I mean, we're just getting hit. Just like, yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't go to the movies as much as these movies are coming out. And for me, who likes to support horror in theater whenever I can, that, that makes it difficult for me. It's like, I don't, I don't know. Like I told Brian, I'm like, I'm so torn. Like, oh, also, no, no, no. There are four because uh, the Pope's exorcist started this weekend too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. even though when you see the trailer, it it comes off as very like a generic exorcism movie. It is based on a real guy, and everything I've heard about it is that Russell Crowe fucking kills it. Like every single review I've seen has just been, yeah, the movie's it's not gonna it's not gonna change your life. But Alex Esso is really good, and Russell Crowe kills it. Like it, that's just what everybody every single review has said is that it's worth watching for Russell Crowe. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'll, I mean, I do want to see it. Like, do I want to go see it in theater? I don't know. But then at the same time, like, um, I'd like to see everything in the theater that I can, but it's just like, there's so much there. I mean, I cannot tell you the last time there were four horror films in the theater all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and like reasonably budget. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah. It's, that's kind of crazy. Uh, but I like it. I like it. I, I, like I living love in that it. World. I love it. But at the same time, I'm like, damn it. I don't have that much time, you know? So something I'm, I'm probably going to see, go see something on Tuesday. Cause that's $5 day at, at my theater. And so I'll, I'll either go see Oregon trail 
or Pope's Exorcist on Tuesday. I think I'm going to see Renfield today. And then I don't know what I'll do with the other one. Uh, something Somebody's going to have to wait for streaming because next week I have to go see Evil Dead Rise. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Is, is like I would love to catch up on some of this stuff, but I gotta look. I know where my heart lies, and it is it's Evil Dead Rise. It's Evil Dead it, Rise. You know. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I I genuinely cannot like I the like I said the the review the early reviews that I have seen have all been like this is legitimately intense and scary and gory. Yeah. And that is all I want out of an Evil Dead movie. Like that remake, I'm not the biggest fan of that remake, but I like, I'll, I preferred it to some of the more toothless remakes of, of the past few years. Like it, it is imperfect, but it is certainly going for something. And well, I actually love it. I, and so stylistically, this one looks very similar to that mm-hmm. one. And yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. I did watch recently. I don't know if you ever watched Sean Clark. Um, he, uh, he did horrors hallowed grounds where he goes around and, and goes to filming locations of, of various horror films, really excellent show. He's, and he actually had a TV show for a while, but he's on, um, and he would, Oh, he does all the, like the, on Blu-ray releases for scream factory. They'll, he'll do a horrors hallowed grounds to be on the disc, you know, Mm. as a, as a bonus. And he has a YouTube channel. Anyway, I love him. He's great. Huge horror fan Um, has been in for decades. He his, his collection is just incredible and he knows everyone and uh, he is just really fun. But I just watched, uh, he went to a screening of evil dead rise and obviously they don't let you record the film, but he did, uh, record the bit in the beginning where um, Bruce Campbell came out and did a Q&A. And by the way, he was really funny. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but it was so funny because the person who was hosting this Q&A really has no idea what she's doing. <laughs> oh, no. And it was, it at one point she kept, she'd be like, well, she's like, I don't want to tell you too much, but I'll tell you this. And it, like she would, and I'm not going to say it because, she, you know, she was saying way too much. And like people in the audience are like, stop talking about the movie. I mean, like they're there to watch the movie. That's what they're about to do. Shut your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, that actually, if uh, anybody is interested in that, it was a really fun Q&A. Bruce Campbell is hilarious. And um, he actually is was very excited and supportive of this film so i'm I, he's probably an ep on it like, like yeah, yeah this is not impugning the good name of bruce campbell but i think he's got a piece of those evil dead movies so oh, yeah. kind of anything that comes out around them he's like this is great you're gonna love this and uh you know he, he i think he's the same way about like the video games and so forth and it's like ah eh, this is fine i guess but I mean, yeah, in the end, it, it is in his best interest to... Uh, right, right. And and again, this is not to impugn the good name of uh, of Bruce Campbell, because I, I, you know, God bless him. That guy deserves all the success he gets and more. He's, he's a wonderful actor and supporter of the genre and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, also, let's not... <laughs> let's, let's not kid ourselves. That guy is... 
uh, also a bit mercenary in in the ways that anybody who you know has a stake in a business would be would so, be yeah yeah uh, it is not that that is not speaking ill of him that is just saying you know obviously there are there are are very good compelling reasons for him to say that this movie is good but I've heard from just beyond you know Bruce Campbell's mouth. Um, a lot of the early reviews have been very positive and, you know, hopefully that'll translate. I, I, I'm look, I want nothing more than for a, an evil dead movie to be awesome. Uh, so I, I have all, you know, and I've seen the trailers over and over and over again at this point, because I go to the movies about once a week and, um, and all of the trailers I've seen, I'm like, all right, I'm on board. This looks this looks very intense, and the mm-hmm. whole like mommies with the maggots. Now I'm like, yes, please. I want more well, of this. And I love that they have kids in peril. Yeah, like, that's something we've we don't see in Evil Dead films. So, uh, like, yeah, all that, right, well, let's see where they go with this. That that is a great point. Um, that yeah, it is it is rare in these movies that it's like, oh, this is you know children in harm's way um which you know that makes me happy i like i like seeing children in danger i like putting children in danger i'm so glad you're a teacher uh, <laughs> you know they're lucky to have me let's oh, let's yeah. be real no i know i know um, no but i'm the same you know me i mean kill now obviously in real life don't kill children that's bad sure but in movies have at it yeah 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 <laughs> right 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 this is all made up don't <laughs> you know yes i i totally agree um all right well that's gonna wrap it up that's you know we went over but you know it's always fun when we're talking about specific especially evil dead a new evil dead movie that's like ever since i heard this when it was i, I think originally it was gonna be like a straight to hbo yeah max kind of thing and and now they're like no 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 this is we're, do- we're doing this for realsies this is gonna be a, a real movie which is the smart thing for them to do, particularly right now, because one, uh, people have been like just horror fans have been dying for this film. That this is yeah. the film that you hear on everybody's can't wait to see it list, and I think it would have been a huge misstep not to put it in theaters. Yeah, particularly if it's good, and and the again early buzz is that that it is good. Then yeah, put it in theaters and. It, you know, the uh, studios seem to have learned at least recently that, um, you know, horror is it, it, like it. it it's conti- viable. Right. <laughs> it continues to make money. So why why on earth would you not uh, throw a movie like this in a theater that's got a built in audience like people love those Evil Dead movies of, of many different stripes. So, yeah, don't don't screw around. Put this stuff. Put this, uh, put all these movies in a place where we can get our hands on them because uh, we want it. Um, yeah, and uh, that reminded me too of Last Voyage of the Demeter, which I am yeah super excited about. Yeah, that looks interesting. I, uh, the that trailer was in front of in front of Renfield, which you know obviously makes a ton of sense. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about that movie too. It look, it, it it was interesting seeing like oh this Dracula movie in front of another Dracula movie. And, uh, very different, (laughs) very different in tone. And it reminded me of the movie blood vessel. Yes. And I was like, Oh, this looks like blood vessel only good. 
and that's that's all I want is a better version because that that's such a good idea for a movie of you've got this confined space and and blood vessel was a travesty that that movie could have been so good and it wasn't even close to being good which was real frustrating i didn't hate it but i also didn't i it's one of those movies that i saw and i was like okay that's a thing i saw you know <laughs> yeah yeah i mean well and and in fairness that's how i felt about it too but it was like th- this is such a good idea it feels like such a wasted opportunity that it's only just kind of okay you know um yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm very excited about uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter. So, um, and and it's got uh, who is it? Charles Dance, yeah, uh, is in it with his in- incredible like sonorous voice. Mm-hmm. So he can say things like "There is something on this ship," uh, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, there is. Probably yeah. probably a vampire." <laughs> you probably you what you probably got a Drakler under your hands. It's a Drakler. You got a uh, there's Drakler on this ship. Um, that's that's what I really want. I want I want a movie called Draklers on this ship. Draklers on a, a boat instead of snakes on a plane. <laughs> oh, that's funny because I, I was talking about Sean Clark and in, in one of his episodes he said something. He was I forget what movie it was, but he's like you know, and then a Dracula, and I was like, yes, yeah. He- <laughs> That, nothing makes me happier. He's my people. <laughs> yeah, I. It, it's something. Uh, nothing makes me happier, and it's so stupid. But I love it, as you well know, when somebody refers to a vampire as a Dracula. There is. Yes. There, it makes me so happy, inordinately so happy. happy. So. Uh, happy. And and if I see it in a movie, I immediately think like, oh, the writer and or director of this movie is somebody I wish I knew. Exactly. Um. Be, because we would definitely get along. Um. All right. All right. Enough uh, shenanigans. We will be back in a month to talk about more movies. Uh, and until then, uh, say good night, Jamie. Good night, Jamie. Ah.